This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is going on? Welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking about how to fix your gut health and digestion. Something that I get asked about a lot, especially with new online clients when they first start coaching with me, or just a lot of times I get these questions in my DMs. Hey, is my gut health killing my weight loss? So today, we're going in on all things gut health, how to potentially fix the issues that you're experiencing, and the impact it can have on your body composition. Now, before we get into this episode, I wanted to remind you all of the 12-week training program that's dropping soon, COVID-19 dependent, of course, but this is a 12-week periodized program created by me using the smart program design principles you've heard me talk about so much on this podcast. Now, when the doors open for this program, I'm limiting the amount of people who can join. And once the spots fill up, this program won't be available again. So you'll have a choice between an upper, lower, four times a week functional bodybuilding program or a full body strength fat loss focus program three times a week. Now, both programs are designed to transform your physique, build functional strength and lean muscle, and push your energy systems, your conditioning levels to new heights. On top of that, you'll have access to me in a private community for accountability and support. I'm here to answer any questions you have about the programs, um, to break down form videos for you, any questions you have about nutrition, really anything. I'm here to help. I got you. Now, again, spots are limited, so hit the link in the show notes, drop your name and your email into the wait list, and you'll be notified as soon as the program drops, so you're sure to get one of the limited spots. All right, now, without further ado, let's hop into how to fix your gut health and digestion. So many people start coaching, many people complain of always being bloated, um, constipated, suffering from inflammation, indigestion, maybe you struggle to eat certain foods that irritate your gut, and this can all potentially be tied back to your gut health. And this is really exactly why gut health has become a hot topic in the fitness industry over the last few years. Really, your gut health has potential implications for tons of different areas of your life. Um, Body fat, susceptibility to autoimmune diseases, fertility, hormones, it's a long list. So your gut is full of trillions of bacteria microorganisms called gut microbiome. And all these microorganisms make up a whole ecosystem in your belly. This ecosystem can be helpful so for doing things like improving digestion, um, strengthening your immune system, or it can be harmful, meaning it does things like causing bloating, gas, and diarrhea. This all depends on the balance of different bacteria. And truly, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here. You hear these different factoids about gut health being thrown around all the time, like we have these fat mice in this experiment where these fat mice got lean by eating the poop of thin mice, which basically allowed them to repopulate their guts with a quote-unquote thin gut bacteria, and in turn, they got thin. A super interesting study. We know that all these bacterial cells outnumber our human cells 10 to 1. 80% of our immune system is based in the gut. 
95% of our serotonin is stored in the gut. 50% of our dopamine is made in the gut. So yeah, focusing on gut health seems to be important for everything from getting lean and strong to your overall sense of happiness and well-being. But wait, like everything, there's always a but wait here. Before you ask your super lean friend for a poop sample, because I know you are all thinking it too, we have to say that we don't really know what's going on in the gut yet. There are tons of products being sold to capitalize on all the gut health hype. We have prebiotics, probiotics, kombucha is a crazy popular one. But the reality is, scientists don't really know what's going on here. Study of the gut and the gut microbiome is a very new field. So when it comes to most gut health supplements, to quote Dr. Gabrielle Fundero, who is somebody much more intelligent in this area than I am, Supplement consumers should keep in mind that they are colonized with trillions of bacteria. So taking a pill with 1 million of one strain of bacteria is like using an eyedropper to add water to the ocean. The most effective supplements are multi-strain with multiple billions of bacteria or CFU, which stands for colony forming units. Also, what they find on the shelf may not actually contain the number of bacteria stated on the label. So basically what she's saying here is, a good probiotic supplement will provide billions of CFUs, which again stands for colony forming units, and costs around $50 a month. And cheaper products that don't provide CFUs in the billions aren't doing much. And even then, it's very hard to know if you're getting the bacteria you specifically need via supplement. Because with the reality of how little we know about your gut health, or about what specific bacteria is populating your gut, it's very hard to determine if the supplement is giving you your specific needs. So really, as far as gut health supplements go, it's just super hard to identify what or how much we need to supplement in order to improve things. That said, if you're struggling with bloating, constipation, brain fog, etc., keep listening. Because most of what we come across as coaches can be remedied by some basic lifestyle changes. So Let's dive into what's going on in the digestive system. So basically, the topic of or why we're diving into the digestive system is we want to dive into how you can improve your gut and your digestive system's ability to properly break down the food you eat into energy with all the, without all the nasty side effects we talked about earlier. So as unsexy as it sounds, improving your, dige- your digestion is one of the best things you can do for your gut health. The ability to properly digest food is very important to your gut health and your ability to build a lean, strong body. So let's ask then, why wouldn't you be able to properly digest food? First and foremost, stress is a major issue for many people. Major digestive issues can stem from stress hormones interacting with salivary glands, stomach, intestines, etc. See, digestion starts before food even hits your mouth with the cephalic phase. Basically, the sight, smell, or even the thought of yummy food actually causes your body to prep your gastrointestinal tract for a meal. You salivate and increase the amount of the digestive enzyme amylase in the mouth. Gastric juice is produced in your stomach and lots of other not really not really that interesting stuff happens. But the point is, all these juices and enzymes really help digestion because they break down the food you consume and help your body turn it into usable nutrients. When you're stressed, 
or you're just eating in a big hurry, the signals that induce the cephalic phase get interrupted. This is where stress starts to disrupt what's going on in the stomach. Basically, your stomach has been quote unquote switched off to a degree. You're down down regulating gastric juice production, and this means you won't be able to break down food as effectively and digest all the nutrients you just ate. Now, you have all this food in your stomach, but not enough digestive enzymes and gastric juices there to digest it, so you're not digesting foods nearly as fast as you should. So you get stopped up, you get reflux, food sits in your stomach, and you get bloated. So often the root cause of gut issues is doing a poor job of managing stress, especially around your meals. Nextly, we have cardio. So we just talked about the impact of stress on um, your digestion. So this could make it easy to take it. Okay, I just need to implement more meditation and yoga daily. But you also have to realize that an inefficient aerobic system can also create a big problem here. If you have a weak aerobic system, your heart rate will likely be elevated more often than not. This in turn means that the stress hormones will also always be elevated. And just like above, the extra stress means your digestion will suffer. So you might not actually need more breath work. You might just need more cardio, which I'm sure is what everyone wants to hear. Um, next, we have intestinal permeability or leaky gut. So now that you understand the basic issue of many or the basics of many issues at the digestive level, let's get a bit deeper into some more popular gut issues. So in simplest terms, when you eat food, it eventually makes its way to your small intestine. So basically the process, it goes from your mouth to your esophagus, to your stomach, to your liver, to your pancreas. Well, this is just kind of, or we could say this is the order of interactions. Don't think like your food like specifically touches all of these, but basically your mouth plays its role, your esophagus plays its role, your stomach plays its role. Everything is blended down with digestive juices. Um, then your liver helps release bile to break down fats. Then your pancreas, where many different digestive enzymes are made, kicks in. And then we food is mixed up in your small intestine with bile from your liver. And this is where many of the nutrients from the food that you eat are absorbed. Many indigestible foods are pushed to the large intestine. And then from there, they are excreted in a variety of processes. But Again, in simplest terms, you eat food, it eventually makes its way to your small intestine. So there, your food, which at this point is hopefully no longer recognizable from what entered your mouth, comes into contact with what we call villi. So the villi are basically a bunch of tiny ass little finger looking things that line the wall of your small intestine. And these little creepy mini fingers have tiny cells that take in the amino acids, vitamins, minerals, etc., from your food and drop them into your bloodstream where they're shipped off to different parts of your body to create gains. So <laughs> used to create muscle, different things like that. So in the ideal world, you eat food, it eventually makes its way to your small intestine where it's fully digested, and then all these creepy little fingers in your small intestine drop the nutrients from said food into your bloodstream, where it's delivered throughout your body for various functions. But unfortunately, things don't always go as planned. So we can get issues of quote unquote increased permeability, or as you probably heard it, 
leaky gut. So your mucosal membrane is what protects the integrity of the villi cells and keeps stuff from leaking through. In a case of intestinal permeability or leaky gut, this membrane has been eaten away. So the spaces between the villi cells increase and food starts to slip through the walls of your gut into the bloodstream without being properly digested or absorbed. So imagine this, just hold your fingers up in front of your face. Squeeze them together as much as you can. Imagine these are the villi. These are all around the walls of your small intestine. Now, in a case of intestinal permeability, or so basically right now, nothing is gonna leak through the spaces between your fingers, or very, very little is. But in a case of intestinal permeability, the membrane that's holding your fingers together has been eroded to an extent. So your fingers are spread apart further. So now all this partially digested food that is in your small intestine could potentially be leaking through the cracks and dropping into your bloodstream. And this in turn creates inflammation and different issues, which we'll talk about in just a second. So to get a bit deeper into this, I wanna break down where intestinal permeability really comes from and why it matters which I think from what I just stated, it's probably pretty clear why it could be an issue. But first we have gut bacteria. So remember all that bacteria we were talking about earlier? Much of it lives in your large intestine. So like all living things, this bacteria needs to be fed to stay alive. When there's a lack of food available in the large intestine, the bacteria there will swim up to the small intestine searching for a fuel source. So when this bacteria reaches your small intestine from your large intestine, it sees the mucosal membrane. Remember, the basically the thing that holds the fingers in your small intestine together, it sees this as basically a tasty fuel source and starts eating away at this, which can lead to increased intestinal permeability. Now, the important thing to realize here is that this bacteria in your gut feeds on the fiber that you take in from eating lots of fruits and veggies. So one of the best ways to prevent your gut bacteria from eating away at your mucosal membrane is simply to eat your fruits and veggies. So again, it's another situation where that's not typically the answer, the, the sexy answer that most people want to hear. But the reality is just eating your fruits and veggies helps a lot. Um, to, now that said, this is more of like a prehab approach like we're staying on top of this to prevent the issue from arising rather than it's necessarily the, like the fix um this can also happen as a response to stress so corticotropin release factor or crf is a hormone involved in the stress response that also triggers increases in intestinal permeability and finally lectins which are a protein protein and phytates which are the storage form of phosphorus and these are found in foods like wheats barley rice beans nuts legumes seeds and soy can also eat away at the mucosal membrane for some individuals now i want to make a note here that this is not saying that everyone should avoid these foods or even that eliminating them is where you should start if you have gut issues just for some people and typically you'll already know if these are problem foods for you they can irritate your gut they can create more intestinal permeability so as far as why intestinal permeability really matters when undigested foods into your bloodstream 
Your immune system sees in a foreign invader and attacks. Your whole immune system is basically put on red alert, which can create what we call an autoimmune response to specific foods. And this can create situations where people can't eat specific foods anymore that they used to not have any issues with. So intestinal permeability can also lead to what we call endotoxins in the bloodstream. These are just very inflammatory substances, and of course, they can lead to a lot of inflammation. All right, so I get it. All this sounds scary. Um, so let's get into fixing your gut one-on-one. What's the solution? So first and foremost, if you're experiencing serious gut issues, see a healthcare professional. That's always like, this is beyond the scope of practice for nutritionists, for trainers. So all of this is just purely what I've learned about the cut or the gut, not a specific prescription to fix this. That said, from here, addressing the root of this problem should generally, or it can generally be very lifestyle focused, not supplement focused, which is typically people flip this order. They focus on supplements first, whereas the issue is really typically something within your lifestyle. So as far as lifestyle goes, one, manage your eating environment. Do your best to maintain a stress-free eating environment. Don't eat where you work. Really take time to focus on your food. If you're thinking about work, you'll likely be more stressed, which takes away from your ability to digest and relax. Secondly, chew your food. Focusing on chewing your food to the point where it's partially liquefied before swallowing really helps. And it also helps to slow down and set your fork down between bites. We can also focus on your circadian rhythm or what we call chrononutrition a bit more. A bit more, excuse me. Um, so really your circadian rhythm plays a big role in how your body reacts to ingesting food and what it does with said nutrients. So um, here basically, it's hard to break chrononutrition down into like a 30 second clip, which is why I'm gonna link the whole blog I wrote about chrononutrition up in the show notes as well. But basically it's smart to bias your calories slightly more towards the morning and don't eat right before you go to bed. If we could typically have like, these are your general meal times you eat at, that'll normally help. And again, more calorie load in the mornings and kind of thinning that out more and more as it gets to evening. And then we cut off our last meal at least a few hours before bed. Keep the five to 10 minutes that book in meals as a, as stress-free and relaxed as possible. So well, this sounds nice for most people, this is more realistically something like just taking five to 10 deep breaths before eating. And if you're crazy busy and don't have five to 10 minutes to wind down around meals, just try box breathing. So basically this is a five count as you inhale, you're gonna hold your breath for five seconds and then you're gonna exhale. Repeat that five to 10 times pre and post meal. That in itself basically sends a signal to your brain that your body is in a relaxed state. So basically we shift to a more parasympathetic or rest or digest state and out of a sympathetic or fight or flight state. Train your aerobic system. The aerobic system is an often neglected part of health and managing stress. And this is exactly why my online clients always have some aerobic work programmed in once they have their nutrition, their step count, and their normal resistance training and stress management on point. It's just too important to ignore. Focus on managing life stress, implementing tools like meditation, breath work, 
journaling, and time away from screens all make a big difference. Again, this is a huge part of what we do within online coaching. We don't just focus on, okay, here's your macros, here's your training, nail those, you get results. It's a whole ecosystem of things that affect your progress. So we're looking at, okay, how's your stress? How's your motivation? How's your mood? What factors we need, do we need to implement? What practices do we need to implement into your week, into your day to help you better manage stress? Here's how I'm going to hold you accountable to that once we've established what is important for you. Again, it's so much more than just training and nutrition. Now, speaking of nutrition, as far as nutrition for a healthier gut goes, one, eat lots of high fiber fruits and veggies. This is essential to feeding your gut bacteria and keeping them from eating away at your mucosal membrane. This stress management and aerobic work are the biggest pieces that many people are missing. Next, work in foods you enjoy. So remember me talking about the cephalic phase? Being excited about your food helps your body better digest said food, which really gives merit to focusing some on enjoying your food. Now, I'm not at all saying that if the only foods you enjoy are, let's say, churros well i also love churros that's why that's a food that would get me excited but i'm not at all saying you should only eat churros because again probably not a great source of fiber so that said there is some merit to making sure we're working in some foods we enjoy and even with your whole foods which i believe should be the majority of your diet make them actually good foods that you really enjoy you look forward to rather than i'm just downing this to get the job done um, intermittent fasting can potentially help in a situation like this and also spending some time in a calorie deficit can help. So we have something called the migratory motor complex, which basically think this is your stomach's housekeeper. It sweeps everything out and really helps your stomach clean out all the junk. And this happens after your food has been digested. So if you're constantly eating, this won't happen. So again, it, it makes sense to like fasting isn't a magic solution by any means, but it does have some health benefits. And this is one of them that said, like if, and also it's important to like look at things like this in phases. So the reality is like, if you're somebody who has a severe gut issues, now probably isn't the time for you to be focusing on pushing your calories and building muscle anyway so this is a situation where it might be smart to okay maybe i'm going to do a 16 hour fast in an 18 or an eight hour feeding window now if none of the above helps this is where it could make sense to try an elimination protocol so here you pull out common irritants like lectins phytates nightshades and more in an attempt to recognize which foods specifically are causing issues that said that's way beyond the scope of this podcast and the reality is, for most people, typically people right out of the gate when their gut is irritating them, start with, okay, elimination diet and supplements, which is kind of like right away jumping to, well, supplements are just debatable whether, especially when it comes to your gut, how effective they actually are. Most of them are. Similarly, with an elimination diet, I found for most clients, we can often, one, like we'll work through, okay, so you mentioned you have gut health issues or you feel like you have gut health issues. Tell me like some of the common foods, you know, bother you. And often people can typically just lift off, list off. Okay, so like when I smash a lot of pizza, man, that kills my gut. Or if I drink like a bunch of milk at once or eat a half gallon of ice cream, my gut just kills me, which is really 
more often than not, it's just like practicing more moderation with foods that you know irritate your gut and often like just focusing on this 80 to 90% whole foods, 10 to 20% flexible approach that in itself most often gets rid of most of the issues and then helping focus on stress and making sure we're getting plenty of fiber, which again comes with the 80 to 90% whole foods approach. The reality is for most people that I've worked with, those are the simple solutions. <laughs> eat lots of whole foods, manage stress, be present at meals times, and potentially get a bit more cardio in. And really, the beauty of this is, these are the exact principles we focus on to get you healthier as a whole. So no matter what, like when you start online coaching, this is what we focus on. Because we, weirdly, most things health follow the same principles. Whether we want to build a lean, strong body, we just want to get better gut health and digestion, we focus on managing stress, eating mostly whole foods, shedding a bit of body fat, like what you would do for that and what you would do if you just were purely, purely aesthetic focused. I just want to look great. The dope thing is they're essentially the same prescription. So the reality is this is an area that many people overcomplicate unnecessarily. So again, for most people, eat lots of whole foods, focus on managing your stress, be present at mealtimes and implement a bit of cardio, that's a great place to start. From there, if you feel like you need to take on an elimination diet or something of the sort, you feel like your gut health is still bothering you, definitely go see a professional and discuss your options further from there. All right, guys, and that is all I have for you today. Thank you for tuning in. This is Living Lean.